Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. (laughs) 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 Wicked Witch of the Reds. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Tommy Teeves Pico. And I'm Drea Washington. And we are Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies for people that are not typically depicted in scary movies. Now, Drea, renowned horror uh, enthusiast, activist, perhaps, (laughs) would you tell us some of the enamel pins you've got? Uh, okay. Where do we start? I got, oh, I just got a new Ghoulies pen from Ghoulies 2. Okay. It's a tape eater pen. And uh, shout out to Cavity Colors. Uh, they make fantastic enamel pens. This one is a toilet seat that lifts up. <laughs> and then it's tape eater coming out of the toilet. Okay. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, I have a wide variety of leather face pens that okay. I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. We've got my Night of the Demon. Love it. Uh, Lin- Linnea Quigley pens. Love that. that. I, you know, uh is she the one who put the makeup all over her face? Yes, yes. Oh, Lipstick okay. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm. And uh, also from Return of the Living Dead. Like mm-hmm. She's a naked, naked chick okay. rocking it. Okay. And probably one of my favorites is my Child's Play 3 pen. It's a giant rectangular pen that I... Just, it's my statement piece. Okay. It's, ac- okay. it's a nice accent piece. goes with everything. Okay, Dre, get on with your scary movie self. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, our act one, we're playing Have Y'all Seen with Drea. This week, we're doing The Gate. Our act two is on Child's Play, the original and the remake. It's our first of our remake series called Boot or Reboot. And thirdly, our scream queen this week is Octavia Spencer as Sue Ann in Ma. Oh, yes. Take Iconic. With our first act, I want to know, have y'all seen The Gate? Give me an era. Uh, it's the 80s, 1987 to be uh, exact. All right. Give me a tagline. They have opened the gate. Pray it's not too late. Ooh, <laughs> sexy. So tell me about The Gate, Drea. So what, but what happens in this flick? I mean, it's about some kids. They play a record, learn how to summon some demons in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. What's wrong with the kids? Why are they doing this? Why are they summoning Bored demons? Bored suburban life. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we have uh, the uh, first acting debut of Stephen Dorff. Right. He is a baby in this movie. Lil Baby. Lil Baby. Lil Baby. Play, playing Glenn. Uh, an aloof, <laughs> an aloof little dude. <laughs> he gets picked on. Has some pretty great comeback lines. Uh, I would like to state one of the greatest of all time is "suck my nose till my head caves in." <laughs> uh, that seems very Heather's to me. Like, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. What is up with the eighties? <laughs> what was it, Greg? Glenn. Glenn. It would be a Glenn. It yeah, would be Glenn. Yeah. All right. Glenn was annoying. Okay. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a lo- he's low-key annoying. Uh, I like his sidekick, though. It, yeah, his sidekick. Heavy metal sidekick. Uh, who's going through it. Yeah. Uh, so his mama just died. His dad's nowhere to be found. He goes home. Pizza boxes everywhere. And 
What did you notice on the note? Okay, first, so, okay, so here's the thing. These two, so, okay, I have a couple of issues with the language of this movie. First of all, um, the, the, the inciting incident is, like, they get a tree removed from their backyard, and under this tree, there is a hole to hell yeah. or something. Well, Glenn has a dream before it, though, about that tree. And in his dream, that tree got struck by lightning. And when he wakes up, the tree's actually fallen down. Just little backstory. Okay, 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 <laughs> Glenn. Why are you dreaming about this dream? shit, Glenn? Why, you know, Glenn, <laughs> is there something in the water? What's going on? But anyway, full disclosure, Drea loved this movie. I It's was, one of my all-time favorite movies to be exact. Okay. I mean, that's, that's let me get it correct. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic film, and Tommy doesn't know what he's talking wasn't, about. Wasn't one of my faves. Uh, I gotta say, I didn't, I was just like, there are these little tiny things. These Kids? Little, now you know i don't like kiss (laughs) that was one of my problems with this movie also nobody really dies i which i also like i I, like what they do die and then they all come back that's pretty chill spoilers (laughs) (laughs) but the the funniest scene in the movie to me is um glenn's sidekick toby or teeth or terry terry okay terry um is like uh, has a dream where he's like dancing with his mom and he wakes up and it's a dead dog. Like, <laughs> shit's disgusting. <laughs> Not that it wasn't traumatizing enough that his mom had just died. Yeah. And he's been left uh, just to fend for him, fend for himself in this world. <laughs> he, he is, uh, his mother does come to him. He does see her and he's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, let's have a little dancey dance. <laughs> and it's a dead dog. And it's a dead dog. Oh, and it was horrible. Um, and then later on, we, uh, Terry, because he's left to his own, you know, just to get lost in that weird little brain of his, he has a metal album, some heavy metal album that doesn't sound that metal, honestly. But um, what was it called? I can't remember. It's called like farting on your grave or some shit. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sharding on your yeah. grave. <laughs> um, oh, would listen actually. He he gets into it real deep. Uh, <laughs> He wears his rainbow-colored sheet as a as a cape yep. <laughs> and talks about summoning the devil. And then all of a sudden it dawns on him, oh, if I just play this record backwards. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. This is how we close. Wait, this is how we open a demon gate. And this is how we close a demon gate. It's all very, it all makes sense. Yeah, I, it was a little um, Dickensian to me, I would say. It was a, a, I, I a like lot that. of coincidences. It's you know? a deep film, yeah. Um, also, I liked a lot of the special effects. I mean, this is an era of like really incredible practical special effects. Practical, practical effects are what sells this film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, this is, I thought it was hilarious when um, at the end he's like fighting that big old demon and then everything turns into claymation, including the boy. And I was just like, this, I mean, they're not going for realism. This is actually supposed to be ridiculous. Absolutely. No, that's the entire intention of the film. You're not supposed to watch that shit seriously. It's pure enjoyment they they also have the nerve to rip off a few scenes from like nightmare on elm street but mm. doesn't take away from the film it's still very enjoyable and so uh keith or toby or what's his name toby keith? terry terry no toby. actually yeah, toby the, glenn <laughs> glenn oh he has a he's fixated on rockets yeah yeah the, Mo- uh, model rockets, ra- rockets. That. so can you t- so he actually shoots a rocket into the final demon and can you tell us what he says uh the most one of the most iconic lines ever in a horror film. He lights off that rocket and he says, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This movie makes no fucking sense. <laughs> 
that sitting there being like, why am that I That was here given to life? him by his sister, that rocket, on his birthday. And yeah, that <laughs> makes perfect sense to me, Tony. And he wanted to impart this birthday wish onto this demon. Yeah. Okay, well. The mixture of practical effects with stop motion. And they, they did it actually throughout the whole film. And it's really fucking creative. Like when Terry falls down the the hole, <laughs> that that gaping hole <laughs> in the back. Of the... Now who's being nasty? Uh, who started it? And falls down, meets the little demon dudes. One of the best scenes in that whole movie. Gets you know they start fucking him up. He has to get out of there. Those guys, if they just made a movie about those little demon guys, I'd be totally happy with that. I was reading in the note, because I saw this on Amazon Prime, so you can see all the trivia on there. Yes. That the mini demons were actually guys in costume. Yeah, yeah. That they you miniaturized. You can tell that there's... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which it's, I liked as an effect. It's... I love that. I love that weird shit that when they would put a person, like, say, in not to get off topic but child's play mm-hmm. there's the first one you can tell when there's a real person in the suit running around and that <laughs> always freaks me out more it's <laughs> the movement um another weird fact i learned was that alex winter who played bill and bill and ted he was going to direct a 3d version of this film uh he's supposed to do yeah it was supposed to after the, there was a second film that came out with that just featured terry and he's still getting weird and um <laughs> Then Alex Winter was going to come in and he was going to do a 3D version, which is still technically pending. <laughs> so that okay. can happen. Okay. I think probably not. But maybe if it stars Steven Dorff as an adult version of Glenn, maybe. Um, no. Uh, I want- <laughs> <laughs> you want the kids. I know. You want the kids. <laughs> Just to annoy you. Yeah. All right. Our act two on this episode of Scream Queen is on Child's Play and Child's Play, both the original and the remake in a segment we call Boot or Reboot. So in Child's Play, the original, the 80s version, a serial killer, Charles Lee Ray, has last stand with the cops. But before he dies in a toy store, he transfers his soul into a Billy doll via Haitian voodoo. Later, an overworked and underpaid single mom buys the doll in a back alley and gives it to her son, Andy. Very soon, the body count starts to pile up, all signs pointing to the doll. And in the remake, an abused factory worker for the Caslin Corporation in Vietnam removes all safety protocols from a buddy doll before committing suicide. An overworked and underappreciated mom, played by Aubrey Plaza, gets a buddy doll for her young son, Andy. The doll looks out for Andy, helps him make new friends, gets a little weird while they watch slasher movies, kills their cat, skins Karen's boyfriend's face off and nails it to a watermelon, and makes auntie die in a self-driving Uber. <laughs> so this is your this is your franchise, Drea. This is like your yeah. Chucky's your dude. Yeah, uh, probably one of my first most traumatizing moments. <laughs> okay, go on. I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, great having older brothers, uh, but it was the middle child. There's something wrong with middle children. But <laughs> Marcel, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, he locked me in my parents' room on on a Saturday. They're out grocery shopping, whatever. And that movie was on TV or something. And he was like, he locked me in there and the movie was playing. And he's like, Chucky's going to get you. Oh. And I was just, I think I was about three, four. That is <laughs> cruel and unusual. 
I mean, so, you know, it could have been worse. But anyway, <laughs> I cried my, I cried, and then I hid in my parents' bathroom, and I fell asleep crying. <laughs> and then I woke up, and I wasn't. I was like, oh, I'm not dead. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay. And then I was like, I, I can fuck with this dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you learned the difference between uh, uh, the real world and, and a movie. Yes. Right in that moment, I was like, okay, that, that fool didn't come out of the TV screen. He didn't get me. So I'm, I'm good. It was like a traumatizing life or death NBD kind of a moment. But <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, associating Chucky with this um, moment of almost like liberation, um, how did to um was it always like your favorite franchise uh no i mean it's just again it had such a huge impact on me i am a I'm, i probably do love doll films of all types of horror films i love a weird like a some dolls fucking up people that shit cracks me up puppet master dolls dolls uh, uh annabelle yeah annabelle's fantastic there's a uh, dolly dearest dolly dearest yeah okay. it's fucking fantastic <laughs> i used to watch this all the time it used to come out it was just, would just be on TV all the time as a kid. Mm. And yeah, it's just like they go to Mexico and this doll gets possessed by like a Mayan, like oh, some shit. <laughs> all right. Shout out to indigeneity. So yeah, something about, you know, how we view dolls and they're these precious little things, but then the fact that they could, uh, you know, retain kind of evil energy, whatnot. Uh, I Something about that just cracks me up. Uh, mm. Like tales from the uh, the hood. Oh, that when the dolls come to life. Yeah, that's uh, the f- racist dolls. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he calls it. I'm gonna say he calls them some nigglets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that shit. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the funniest lines ever in a movie. But they fucked him up. Mm-hmm. They fucked him up. And- well, there's something about like, especially as a child, right? Um, a doll is like this sort of um, like a like a totemic like comfort, right? Because it's like you you attach to it yes. and it comforts you in moments of stress or whatever. Yes. And you play with it. And so the idea of making something or turning an object of comfort into it's an a, object of danger. Yeah. Immortal danger. Yeah. I can't get over though. Okay. Okay. I didn't necessarily find Child's Play, the original. I didn't necessarily find it frightening. No. Um, I thought... I like you said when you see the little scampering around like that is somehow way creepier than but like also this doll is like two like a foot tall like it has like a big old butcher knife and it's like push Dynaman off out the window who he hit her in the head with a little hammer actually oh yeah yeah <laughs> but the way she the thing is it looked like she was about to just like gently fall out the window but the uh-huh. way that they shot it it was like running full steam for that window oh yeah yeah um you might know Dynamana from Empty Nest and she was also in Greece but um I was cause she was like babysitting she was like the, she's the first one dead right yes other than other than the, the killer other than homeboy yeah yeah um I, I, I did rewatch it. I just could not get over how annoying Andy's voice was. Again, you and your issues with children. It's not about kids. I mean, I don't like them, but this kid in particular <laughs> just had a very annoying voice. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. See, my voice just cracked a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I almost don't even want to humor this shit, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Like Andy's I'm, wonderful. <laughs> this isn't about him. I'm he just saying. is a perfect little angel trying his best. He got he breakfast get, cereal all over his mom's he floors. He is uh, orange he's, juice. Put but did he just put a dollop of butter in that cereal? What was going on with that he boy? He put a whole cup of sugar in it <laughs> and a bunch of oranges. He's trying. He tried. 
And why was, why was mama still asleep? Why wasn't her ass up? Why is he having to fend for himself once again? Another child six, out here having to do everything. It is six in the morning and she is overworked and underappreciated and underpaid. Hey, why have that baby then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, subtly questioning uh, life choices of characters and films. You're getting too deep. Um, talk to me a little bit about the rest of the franchise because that shit gets goofy too. Like very, it goes from being like goofy adjacent to like, actively goofy with yeah. like the the bride of chucky and all that kind of well, stuff i'll start with okay so the director tom holland um he wrote this with don mancini and don mancini uh he went on to believe he directed the want to say he directed two and three he's also developing a tv show that's coming out on shutter or it's either gonna be shutter or sci-fi mm-hmm. which is separate from the new franchise that's just started so he's still connected to child's play one two three uh, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, mm-hmm. all of those he's part of. And then the Cult of Chucky leads into his TV series. Um, part one, it, part two is, it, it's more like right at, right at the tail end of, so now Andy, he's lost everybody and he's he's a foster child. Go. What happened to his mom? She got put into like an insane asylum or something like that. So nobody believed him that Chucky had killed? No, at the end they can't prove it. That So yeah, he gets taken away oh damn so it starts with him and he's living with uh, uh i can't think of her name at the moment but um homegirl blonde hair i don't have you seen child's play too i don't think so we need to get into that we'll get it <laughs> next season <laughs> um so yeah he's fending for himself throughout that it has a really fantastic you know factory scene where we're going to where the buddy dolls are being or the uh, oh, the good somebody, guy dolls are being made does somebody get the uh eyes of the doll put in his eyes yeah yeah oh, some I shit like that, that goes yeah, down yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah yeah that was disgusting yeah child's play three very random it's again andy uh same kid he's now in like a uh, boot camp and he's Chucky somehow gets himself mailed to the boot camp. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And he wants to take Andy over again. (laughs) Well, and I think it's fair to mention that in the first movie, so we learned that Charles Lee Roth has had this voodoo teacher. Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray has had this voodoo teacher. And uh, uh, he goes, the voodoo teacher tells him, the voodoo teacher tells Chucky that... um, the more, more human, the, the longer he stays in the doll, the more human he becomes. Yeah, until he is just the doll. Yeah. And in order to actually transfer his soul into something other than the doll, it has to go into the first person who he revealed his true self to. That's yeah. why he's obsessed with yes. Andy, right? That's why he's obsessed with like yes. finding Andy so he can transfer himself into Andy's body. Yeah, so he's getting himself FedEx to wherever <laughs> Andy is. Uh, and then, so there's a, there's a long span of time, kind of, and then we get Bride of Chucky. Which I was incredibly disappointed when I saw that movie. It was because it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was like this is not supposed to be all comedy, mm-hmm. and it was like kind of the moment when like Freddie turned into comedy, like after like part four or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was like, I want. I remember going with my friends and distinctly being so disappointed and how much I was not scared. Mm. And it wasn't until years later that I found the a brand new appreciation for that. I mean, uh, what changed? Mm-hmm. What changed? Was it just like you? I kind just because of... I just want all the Chucky. I mm-hmm. want all of it. It's it's everybody's now. It doesn't just belong to the person that created it. Mm-hmm. It's the, like the fandom that's kept the story going. So I want every different version of it. And and I I don't know. I it's not. I've matured, but that's not. <laughs> that has nothing to do with why my perspective on it. It's the franchise got more immature. Mm-hmm. And and it's 
very funny to me. I also think that one thing that we talk about in going to scary movies is oftentimes if we go into them with expectations, we get disappointed. Absolutely. And I think you going into with the expectation that it was going to be scary. Yeah. It was disappointing. So later on, you didn't have that expectation anymore. So you were just able to accept it on its own terms. Yes. And that was just based on my own like experience with the franchise. Um, Nowadays, movies are ruined because they falsely advertise shit all the time. Mm -hmm. You walk into something thinking it's going to be one thing and it's a comedy Mm -hmm. like Midsummer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right, right. That was the funny. That was the funniest movie of 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When she puts her hands on his cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to Child's Play. Um, And then we get into. okay, and then you got the seat of Chucky. Mm-hmm. See, to Chucky is—is is he a, trying to have a kid? Uh, they have a, they somehow their a kid is, oh, they adopt a kid. Okay, uh, that's what happens some kind of way. John Waters is somehow kind of involved in it. It's you know if he's part of it, it's it, I'm good. Okay, love John, so mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. Not really anything that needs to be <laughs> like recapped in that film. It's it's trash, but it's very very funny trash. Okay, and now we can like skip to 2019 Child's Play, which. Okay, here's the thing about 2019 Child's Play. First of all, Dre and I ended up being in the same theater. Did not know unintentionally. It. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, it I thought it was scary again. Uh, yeah, they they were. I mean, they tried to bring that in. again. I'm not scared of Ch- of Chucky at all, but mm-hmm. they definitely brought in that darker vibe. It's it was less humor. I mean, the, the kids are the the thing that kind of balances it out. Like the brother and sister, whoever the fuck they were, they were hilarious. Um. But yeah, they definitely they gave the character they gave Chucky like depth. They gave he get like a heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like a little sad for him. Yeah. So the idea is that like this the buddy doll by the Caslin Corporation or whatever um, can access your phone. It can ac- so it's like this I. AI, yeah, like it's artificial the, intelligence that has access to, like through the cloud or whatever, has access yeah. to your TV, has access to your phone, has access to your security system, and it's like, what could possibly go wrong, right? Right. Um, but like, I think you were telling me that the thing about um, taking off the safety protocols is tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations. Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. An actual thing Mm -hmm. that like an AI is not inherently good. You have to actually tell it not to harm things. Yeah. (laughs) And program that into it. Yeah. Um, I think also just as a refresher, like in 2019, I think that's like an actual literal fear and a concern that like all of this technology is going to turn on us at any point Mm -hmm. and it can and it will probably at a certain point. And we'll deserve it. Yeah, we we absolutely deserve it. I mean, this isn't a new concept. I mean, Terminator and all that kind of stuff was all about how the machines are going to take over, rise up and take us over. So it's like a version of that. Um, but I also like the idea that it's like abused fa- factory workers um, is what fells late stage capitalism. I mean, it doesn't actually. If Buddy had won in the end, that would have been the takeaway. Um, so, you know, uh, workers of the world unite, all that kind of stuff. Full communism now, I guess I think that would have been <laughs> the message behind the movie. Um, but it also like had gore that actually sickened me. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know? They stepped it up with the gore. Yeah. Uh, your favorite 
oh, God. scene. Uh, there was okay. So so Karen or Karen is the is Aubrey Plaza's character. She has a boyfriend who ain't shit. Um, he also has another family that we learn about later. Uh, and like he's like kind of abusive towards Andy. Um, very, definitely verbally abusive, and at one point puts hands on this kid. And Ch- the the Chucky doll. I mean, this is the thing. Like at first he's like all innocent, and he's just like trying to protect Andy, right? But like the, so like um, the family cat like scratches Andy, so the doll kills the cat. You know what I mean? Then he watches um, Karen's boyfriend put hands on him, and so he goes to this man's house. And this guy is like taking down his Christmas lights and he's on the ladder and like what Chucky pulls out the ladder under him or something like that. And he like falls into the ground feet first and like breaks open his shin bone. That was disgusting. That's fantastic. That was, And then he falls over and then like gets run over by like a lawnmower or some shit. (laughs) Skins his face off and then. And he deserved it. All of it. He definitely. I mean, that person wasn't shit. Uh, Also, I think. Okay. A lot of people got death and retribution. So, okay, if this guy, he got his, his face skinned off and then Chucky pinned it to a watermelon and gave it to Andy as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, there's this, there's this, like, peeping Tom in the building that they live in who's played by Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Looks, I Jack Tommy thought it was Jack Black the whole fucking movie. I mean, put a picture of them side by side and tell me it's not the same person. Yeah, you could. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so pervy not Jack Black. Like, like after they've like, after Andy finds out that Chucky has face skinned his um his mom's boyfriend, he like they kind of try to deactivate him or whatever, throw him down the trash chute. Not Jack Black finds him in the trash chute. Gives him like puts him back to life. Get, puts Jack a Duracell Black. battery in him or whatever, <laughs> and then Chucky um uh, uh uh kills not Jack Black on a meat saw on some kind of saw. There's organs and shit going everywhere. It was disgusting. Um, there's also but the thing is like nothing disgusted me more than one of the kids throwing up. <laughs> the kid throwing up actually I had to like cover my ears and turn away at the sight of the the face on the watermelon. Right? Yeah, the face on the watermelon. This one of the kids just started vomiting, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I can't handle this. I can handle shin bone. I can handle a shave face the I can have a buzzsaw but the puke is the one that did it for me <laughs> I can't do it I get I can't you do I, you know I feel you that that I'm more offended by vomit and like spit and shit in films like I, I can't watch the fly like the remake of that Ooh, that's disgusting can't watch that Mm-mm. movie Mm-mm. I also think that like it's weird though because I can watch people get like chopped up in their dreams all the live long day but I can't do true crime yeah true crime actually disturbs me oh interesting yes because yeah, I mean, no, you would did. be, yeah, you wouldn't be able to leave the house if you watched true crime. No. Yeah. So Drea has this citizen app on her phone that tells her every crazy shit that's going on in like Somebody a Somebody weaponized radius. a shopping cart today. Uh, I learned that on Citizen. So how you wouldn't know about that shit. No, I don't want to know about that shit. If I'm going to die, I want to know about it. Everyone get together and write to Drea and tell her not to put, to take her notifications off the citizen app. Somebody was walking around with a sword or some shit like that. Yes. He man was running around downtown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would just I also like to say in the spirit of this real shit that's going on that like because of like Chucky's origin in like sort of Haitian voodoo it does have a complicated uh, what did you call it you called it magical negro voodoo that- <laughs> <laughs> no, that the the voodoo practitioner is the magical negro of the series yes. and he I don't know. So it has a complicated relationship to blackness that I think. Oh, it's wrong. It's problematic. Is it a crime? Sade would ask. Is it a crime? And it is. It- don't. Okay, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think in a certain way. It's not. Um, they don't 
that's another example of where they could have gone deeper into that story. Because mm-hmm. Voodoo has, I, again, it has it. You can make a whole story about that in itself. They needed to, they should have handled that with more care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though so the remake, in a way, um, refreshes. I think, I think the remake is aware of. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the remake is aware of White Claw. Um, <laughs> turn, turn up. <laughs> I think the remake is aware of this series' complicated relationship to blackness. And mm-hmm. if we're talking, so we're going to be talking about um, horror noir in a few weeks. But in that one, Tanana Rivedu talks about these tropes. Uh, in uh, of black people in horror, yes. the magical Negro, which is the person with the powers who knows things about the world, yes. the sacrificial Negro who's, who gives their life for one of the white characters, yes, um, and also just invisibility, yes. And then the magical Negro in the first film is also the sacrificial, yeah, yes. So they, he gives them all the powers, then he takes, <laughs> then he kills the, the fool, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's it's fucked up. But the um, but in the remake. There is a moment where so there there is there are two black characters in uh, the Brian new... Tyree Henry and uh, is there a kid? No, his mom. Oh, the mom. Oh, yeah. his mom. His oh, yeah, mom. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So his mom ends is the one who dies in the haunted Uber or whatever. Oh, she does get killed in that yeah, Uber. Yeah, she gets killed in that self-driving oh, car. I, I was trying She's to remember. Trying, did, Auntie's just trying to go to bingo. I was trying. I was really hoping in my head. I'm like, she didn't die in that Uber, did she? Yes, she absolutely <laughs> did. And she was terrified. It was that's fucked up. And Buddy was like the whole time, See, like they shouldn't have done that because she was talking about uh, don't have that doll in here at dinner or some shit like that. But anyway, <laughs> um, and so like that was fucked up. Well, his eyebrow job is is problematic too. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um. But then it looks like the, I can't remember the character's name, but the, 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 the black, was he a cop? Yeah. Yeah, he's a cop. So it looks. Or a security guard. Security guard, something. Yeah. But it looks like he's about to be a sacrificial Negro. You know what I mean? Because he like gets, because like there's a thing coming for, I think, Aubrey Plaza or something like that. And it, he jumps in front and it kind of gets him. And but, so you think he's dead. But you know, they can't do that because they already killed one black person in the film. So I already knew I'm like, oh, they can't do that because that's just. That you, that's a no no. I I thought it was going to be a rehash of the. I was like, uh, this man better not die for this white woman. Oh, they they yeah they they would have gotten shit. I I would have said something. You know, because that's fucked up. But yeah. then he, it ends up that he's not dead and he comes and he saves the day. Yeah. So I was I thought that was a way in which it um tried to redeem itself. Yes. Yes. And its relationship to blackness. Yeah. Um. I also okay. So I messed up there uh, in the timeline of the films. Okay. So it's Child's Play, Child's Play Two, Child's Play Three, uh, Bride of Chucky. Seed of Chucky, uh, then it's Chucky, which was a direct-to-Netflix film, and that brings back, um, so that one's like kind of a, there's like a new Andy, and it's a girl, oh. and it's like she's getting uh, traumatized by a version of Chucky, and somehow she's related to Andy, and there's like this whole thing, um, and then the next film is Cult of Chucky, and she meets, and Andy's back in that film, and they meet in like an insane asylum, Ooh. and it's a hot mess, that film, but we should watch that okay. together. Okay, all right, let's do it. Yeah, and then we get our 2019 gotcha. Child's Play. And as uh, this episode releases, I believe it's around the time that the new Chucky is out on DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming. So check it out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, anybody attached to the Child's Play franchise, if you want to hook <laughs> us up, if you want to send me some shit. Dre I- wants some free shit. <laughs> Are you going to be Chucky for Halloween this year? Um, you know, I might do like 
How many times have you been Chucky for Halloween? Twice. Twice. Only no, twice. No, 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 maybe three times. Um, I, I might do like a Chucky meets like, <laughs> like left eye kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's end it there. <laughs> Disrespecting the dead like that. <laughs> <laughs> This week, our Act 3 Scream Queen is Octavia Spencer as Sue Ann Ellington in Ma. She plays a veterinary technician who befriends a group of local teens when she buys alcohol for them and later invites them to party at her house. (laughs) Later, it seems like the whole school is partying in Ma's basement. She only has a few rules. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Don't spit on her floors. (laughs) Check your keys with her when you come in and don't go upstairs. Very simple rules. Very simple. But things turn weird and then sinister and then downright dangerous as Ma turns out to be more interested in the teens than they initially bargained for. What do you think about this flick, Dre? What do you think about Octavia Spencer in Ma? Okay, so let's talk about how I made my, I forced my mother to go watch this movie with me. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She, she be playing. She acts like she doesn't like these movies, but Mm. she's the one who got me into horror movies. Mm -hmm. She be playing. Okay. Um, We... I, I told her it was a documentary about her. <laughs> <laughs> you told your mother that Ma was a documentary about Octavia Spencer. And she's still very mad about it. And that. you think that Octavia Spencer would be wearing that dated wig in real life. <laughs> I actually saw an interview about that wig. She talked about that's like her go-to. That's like her <laughs> that's her rain wig and shit. <laughs> oh, I want to hear more about the wig. Oh yeah, I'll send you that shit. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, so I took my mom to see it, which made it that much more enjoyable. Um, I took her to a nice theater. I got her a couple of drinks and shit. So I was like, you can ease into this reclining seats. She was all right. I'm like, if you want to take a nap, you can just doze I off. I still can't <laughs> believe you told her it was a documentary. <laughs> you are wrong for that. <laughs> She'd be threatening me and shit. So, you know, people don't realize this about her. But anyway, um, the film, I didn't, I already had a, a feeling like she was going to be the heroine of it, even though I get that she's fucking up people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I bet you there's a good reason for it and it can be justified. And it was. Mm-hmm. And everybody who got fucked up deserved to get fucked up pretty much, except for the kid that got <laughs> the white face. <laughs> I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> the oh, white face no. was so fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, boo, what you doing? <laughs> in, yeah. So in like one of the final scenes, there's like, of the group of teenagers, one of them is black and she paints his face white. <laughs> and she's like, there can only be one of us. That's or something all, I mean, like I that. Think she didn't hurt. She, <laughs> that is pretty, but that's I painful. Mean, <laughs> of the things that she, so she put an iron to one of their stomachs. She sewed that one white girl's mouth shut, which. Yeah, because she needed to shut up. She needed to shut up. I mean, you sew a white girl's mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> the other one she was about to hang and all he got was some face paint. I don't know. I think she was letting him off the hook a little bit. Ah, uh, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. <laughs> um, Luke Evans plays her, plays Ben, who's the father of one of the teenagers. Ben Hawkins. Who uh, she had a crush on back in the day. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, first of all, there's penis in this. She takes Luke's penis out. Uh, She uh, captures him and then does a transfusion of dog's blood with his blood. So she fills him with dog's blood and she's like. (laughs) She's a vet. She's a vet. She's a vet, right. And she's, she's like, men are dogs. And I was like, you know what? I agree. Yeah. yeah. I'm Transfuse cool with that. his ass. I am really cool with that. <laughs> There's also a ton of uh, pictures of Luke Evans, who is gay, by the way. Oh, okay. He's gay. And he's out. Yeah, I... Okay, so we get the, the backstory, basically, that what happens to her is she was picked on. Uh, she's the nerdy black girl in high school. They And there's a 
Basically, they traumatize her. They put, it's like a seven seconds in heaven thing, but they get her to go into a they, closet. Yeah, and, so Ben, as a teenager, yeah. gets her to go into a closet to give him a blowjob. And it's, when she comes out, it turns out it was someone else and Ben and the whole school is out there. Yeah, getting ready to laughing at her. But here, okay, so Doreen St. Felix wrote for The New Yorker on this movie, and she said that... Um, the, so this is a quote that somehow the premise, the film promises that Sue Ann's race will be pivotal and ends up rendering it all but inconsequential and that it's a failure of the movie that it didn't live up to the expectation. And I will say this, that it is hard for me to believe in uh, Midwestern America, there's one black girl at this school. And she is picked on. And we're supposed to believe that race has nothing to do with it because it's not mentioned. They don't talk about it. Yeah. And they I don't think, even bring that up. Yeah. And I think that is the failure of. Yeah. The film. It's like a racism doesn't exist thing. This yeah. is a whole it's another topic. Like, no, of course, that's a big part of it. And so that's why I think it missed a little bit. And yeah, I think absolutely. like the thing is, if they would have gone into that, yeah. then Ma would have she been, deserved a better backstory. Yeah. And she would have been I mean, she would have been the protagonist if they got yeah. further into the race thing. And if, and I was like, yes, kill the kids. These this are movie, ungrateful kids. Kill the kill the whole school. Kill the town. Up. Kill the town. They should have handled this film with more care. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it really she should have been set up as like you said the protagonist even though she's fucking people up it's coming from the right place mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a righteous cause yeah and i'm down for it i mean there is the part where she like uh munchausen by proxies her daughter and makes her daughter think she's like really sick uh, or whatever you but know she's like she's <laughs> but the thing is in her mind she's like fucked up yeah she's um, trying to protect her she's she's she has been fucking up protection and damage like and trying to keep her kids safe without yeah. knowing like the limits of that you yes. know and, and like how you can't you can't keep a kid safe by locking them up in a yeah. really faulty cage. It's a really faulty. <laughs> it literally had, it's just like a it's, little. There's a little. It's can, a little latch. It's very easy <laughs> to just undo. So that. It's, it's just. just it's that. not really. It's not really. <laughs> you a just thing. reach your arm around his. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come out. Can, I, can I get some juice? <laughs> I'm gonna come downstairs for some juice. <laughs> I would say that. Um, you want to go for pizza? I got nine bucks, bitch. Was my favorite quote of 2019. <laughs> And I've said it so many times since. You want to go for pizza? I got nine bucks, bitch. That's, <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> um, again, uh, when she pulls out the gun at the party. Oh, my God. So the Time first, to go. The first time they go over. This is how dumb these fucking teenagers are. The, I'm going to do what I would have done was. But the first time they go over to Ma's basement. She pulls a gun on one of them and makes him strip naked, but naked in front of everyone. And uh-huh. everyone's like, oh, my God, what the fuck what is going fuck? on? And then she's like, I'm just kidding. This gun is even loaded. I JK, found it on down here. JK, and I was like, ha, and, ha, LOL. And they all just kind of laughed along with it. And I was like, fucking idiots. Is no, because they just wanted to drink. That's why. And serious uh, alcohol. I'll walk my ass home listen, dark woods. Listen, I will just wait the two years until I'm 21 years old. I would never old. be in that basement, first of no, all. No, it just no, no, wouldn't no. happen. Even if I was related to Ma, like, I mean, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this cabin in the woods shit with you I'm right now, Ma. I'm good. Like I, I don't need to come to your house. Mm. I know, I know what's going on. Party in your base, and then hey, she's auntie. like, "Oh no!" And then she comes out and does the robot, and I was like, "Ma, <laughs> no, go back upstairs." Does she do the worm? No, she doesn't do the worm. No, they, somebody <laughs> does the worm. The guy that she pulled the gun on does the worm. Oh lord, he's the one who she eventually sticks she, uh, an she eye into his stomach. Makes him drop trow, and then er- everyone continues to party. It, I, I do recall being in. A couple of predicaments where I just wanted to get my drink on at like 15, 16. <laughs> and I might have, I shouldn't have been like a c- certain parties, but it wasn't like somebody pulled out a damn gun. And made your friend strip naked. Uh-uh. Back to Octavia Spencer. <laughs> uh, First she... of all, that script was written for a white woman. Yeah, of, of course. And yeah, it, yeah. they didn't really change it 
they they made the character like physically made the character black because it's Octavia Spencer, and that's why that's the misstep right there because yeah. they weren't even thinking about her being in that role. Yeah, she played that character so beautifully. Oh my I, god, so many. Th- first of all, this is Octavia Spencer's first starring role, and she. I saw interviews with her. She has. She, I've never seen her more lit and excited to be playing something. Mm. And I mean, she was genuinely. They. She got to do her thing. Registers. Yeah. You got to go to school for that. <laughs> she was good. Yes. She was good. Yes. She was good and almost too good. Well, it's like uh, she was so obviously in. Like we talked about with Jada playing like you know Fish Mooney in Gotham. She was obviously loving being able to do this. I, yeah. She probably never got to do she, this in any other role. These characters are not presented to black women and and just people of color. We don't get these kind of these kind of roles unless we're completely batshit crazy. Like they don't give us any kind of backstory, any depth. It's just like they fucked up mm-hmm. and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um I hope there's a ma too. There better be. Hmm. Spoiler alert. Here's the thing cuz we don't actually see her die. She we don't, which is it's completely ambiguous. We don't fucking know. Um that bitch is alive. That bitch is alive. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, um, Alice and Janney plays her, um, her discontented her. boss at, <laughs> at the vet at, uh, at the vet, and uh, I was not expecting that, and I was very pleasantly yeah, surprised. Yeah, yeah, just a little, just a little cameo, just a little taste. And I, I think she just did that because they just love each other. She, her, and Octavia are like friends. She's like, "Hey, girl, yeah, you can tie me up and put me in the back of the <laughs> <laughs> in a cage." Fun. Yeah, no, there was because uh, they they've done movies together and they've yeah. done movies with that director before. Did they do like the help together? They did the help, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, oh, that movie. Yeah, I don't we don't got to talk about it. No, no, no. Um, the, the first kill in the movie, Mercedes. Oh, my. <laughs> Missy Pyle, first of all. <laughs> Missy Pyle plays like this uh, alcoholic hot girlfriend of Ben. A hot mess. Who um, is one of the people in the high school who uh, is making fun of Ma. Yes. And she's just like, you know, hung over on a jog. And Ma just. But they, the, well, let's talk about when they first, that completely uncalled for scene where she's in the casino. Oh, yeah. And, oh, she's meeting uh, Juliet Lewis. Ju- yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, her drunk ass just comes over like, hey. <laughs> takes like, the, so Juliet Lewis is a cocktail waitress at this casino. Missy Powell comes up, takes both homegirls drinks and she's like, those aren't your drinks. And she's like, I just want to have fun. Oh my God, aren't you that girl? So she proceeds to white girl wasted yeah. all over the casino. Just that scene alone. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, you need to get run you over. You are an annoying. You are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about her and bringing down the house. <laughs> she's doing. She's fighting Queen Latifah, <laughs> and Queen Latifah hangs her up by her underwear. <laughs> oh God, Missy Pyle, you just have one of those faces. <laughs> that's a pay, that's a punchable face. <laughs> that bitch is hilarious. Yeah, she's good. And the kill is so like, it's just so nonchalant. I love that. Mom's just driving, and mm-hmm. then she's like, "Oh, there's that Mercedes bitch," and then bam. Blah. She's like, okay. And she's just a spot on the road after that. That's that. Um, and that's all she deserves, that character. Because mm. it's trash. Mm. So it's like, yeah, you deserve to just be hit and put on the side of the road like a piece of trash. Damn, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think it's time. We don't want to get canceled on episode two. So let's <laughs> keep up? it moving. Let's no, keep that it moving. Bitch sucks. <laughs> Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound with theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. And I'm Drea Washington. You can find me on Instagram at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. And you can also find us at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. 
and also on Instagram at Screen Queen Podcast. Thank you so much. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.